spiritual warfare. What the Bastos are going through, Satan trying to discourage them and get them off track and keep them from sharing the gospel. I think there's two main spiritual warfares as I was thinking through it today. There's your spiritual warfare with the old nature, and there's the spiritual warfare of the gospel, which we see very clearly here in our text. If you have your lesson. Pardon? Yes. Same three that uh, he's used successfully all along, it seems, or still using. Has, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That is true. If you don't do anything, have to worry about it. It is true. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll start with 3, 4, and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, fleshly. Putting your hand on someone's head, letting him roll over, letting him roll down, etc. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations or arguments and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. It's not territory, it's truth, God's truth. And bringing into captivity every what? Thought. So there's where your real battle, and I tell you, honestly, it's in mind. It, the battlefield is your mind, and people have written books about that, but it, it really, in many ways it is. So you might be wondering what our weapons are, what spiritual weapon do we have that is given to us by God uh, when he endued us with the Holy Spirit, and I had the privilege of teaching uh, the, my first class at Boyd County Senior Center. I had nine in my Bible study class. It was great, and one lady was helping me teach, and she was, uh, she was sharing about when she got the Holy Spirit. And uh, when her son got the Holy Spirit, I said, honestly, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not truly born again. And so, and so they all pretty much, it was a really, really good class. So I only have about three or four more weeks probably. And the strongholds. So before we answer the question, what, we need to, what are these strongholds? Are they, well, for example, who are we fighting? What is our target? Are we fighting the ACLU? Are we fighting the immoral lobby? Are we fighting transgender activism? Are we just fighting the abortion doctors? Who's our enemy? At what weapons should our, or what should we aim our weapons? At what object should we aim them? Question number one, what do we mean when we say that perhaps more energy and resources are being used to battle the symptoms and not the disease itself when it comes to spiritual warfare? I gave you something. A lot of time is being spent. And if you're involved in what they're doing there, if, if you don't, a lot of the demons, if you notice, were named as the demon of gluttony or the demon of discouragement, or that's just, a lot of that is your old nature. We are giving credit to demons when it's just really our old nature. I struggle sometimes with all the, what you watch, what you do, what you say. We struggle with that. I don't have a demon living inside me. Now, we might get, have demonic oppression, but we don't have demonic possession. I really don't. You know, greater is he, as Christy said. God and Satan and his cannot co- combine together in a singular, I, I don't believe, singular human being, one or the other. For would, would you not say salvation? When the, when the demoniac was delivered by Jesus, when Christ comes into the, to the life, out go the demons. Question, or verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, either fortresses. We, we are to destroy. What are we to destroy? It's not demonic strongholds, heavenly power structures, generational curses, incantations, demonic hierarchies. They therefore conclude that our weapons involve methods. What he was doing there was using the name of Jesus and supposedly having the power to throw out. How can you... 
How can you dismiss a demon from someone and you don't even know who they are? Now, God is great, but that, he's not God. He's not God. God has the ability. And God's not told us how often do you read in the New Testament in the church that we are to be exercising demons all the time. Even the cults exercise demons. In the New Testament, these things that the apostles did, no one could replicate those things. Now, they might imitate, but they could not replicate those things. So that's, that, uh, there's a big difference between what we see today and what was actually part of the New Testament time. So we find then that they try to release people from curses, pray down the strongholds, to ward off the evil spirits, to do these kind of things. That's not what he's talking about here. What are these strongholds? It says in verse 5, casting down imaginations, which are speculations. Uh, that's the idea there, thoughts, reasonings, uh, thought processes, casting those down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So strongholds we are destroying or pulling down are not physical strongholds. We're not to go out and attack some big castle. They're not demonic hierarchy power structures, if you would. I was reading just this past week in this book, uh, just a little blurb here. It uh, says, the idea that a Christian might have to deliver specifically, be delivered specifically from a curse or an occult power, which salvation in Christ has not taken care of, is not found in Scripture. In fact, there is not one example in the entire Bible of a saved person being under a satanic curse, which had to be broken by Christian exorcism or distinct confession. So the, the Bible is not giving, if, it, if this was as popular as it seems in today's circles, you'd think the Bible would have a lot to say about it and teach us about those kind of things, but it doesn't really have that. The strongholds in our mental fortresses, we destroy imaginations or thoughts or reasonings. I give you a mental fortress just today. This was just published last week in London the uh, group of students, the LGBTQ group at Oxford University, unbeknownst to different churches, went into all the churches of England, London, England there, and gave, or whatever they are, Oxford, England, and then they rated them on their inclusion. If you were one, you were not good, you're not welcoming at all. If you're five, you're very, very, very welcoming. But listen to this part of the survey. They're quoting now from, the, from this group. From the position of the LGBTQ plus people of faith who hold affirming inclusive theology and pastoral practice, the definition of those who hold the traditional beliefs of the Church of England can include numerous different churches and denominations. Importantly, again quoting, an affirming theological perspective of the traditional view of marriage is that it is not a fact of form of ancient orthodoxy, but it is in most cases an example of systematic homophobic theology from post-World War II USA. They're saying that the idea of marriage comes from not from the Bible or traditional church, either the church, but just most recently from World War II. That is what you call a stronghold. They will not believe what the truth is. And so that would be, uh, that, that, that's just an everyday example, by the way. It's not in America yet, but I can easily see it coming to our country road where the, 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 the activist groups will come out and unbeknownst to the, and they'll come out and they rate them on how much, what does the pastor believe? What do they teach? What's in their doctrine? Do they, have, you know, they do blah, 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 blah. If you're five, you're, it's like a green light. If you get a red light, don't go. Just don't go to that church. Or even a, a mild red light, don't go. And so, but 
Can you see how that's coming? Are you watching the trend, the the progress of where we are? That's going to happen here in America, and we're going to be given a we're going to be given a red light. We're going to be on number one. We're going to be and not we love we the thing the very people that love them truly are the very people they want to ostracize into silence. You want to know who loves the LGBTQ people most? It's the Christian people who want to see them come to know Christ. That, that, that's the, that's the, that's, and they're, the, and they're one of the ones that want to share the gospel with them or are willing to share the truth with them, and yet they're the ones they want to just put out. And don't, even want, don't even go there. So, so it's, it, But that's that... That is a stronghold. That is a thinking process that denies God, and I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to hear any other, you know, think, see no evil, hear no evil, say no, whatever it is. That's, what that's the idea. That's exactly what he's talking about. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. So if you're in contradistinction to God or you're contrary to God's thought, that's what we need to Work on tearing down, and specifically, specifically, if you're out west, specifically if you're here, it, it's you and I. It, it's it's when we pray. It's when we we struggle with things. I, I was reading. I thought this was quite quite interesting. Uh, one pastor says it this way. Paul says our spiritual weapons can destroy Satan's fortresses. Weapons such as prayer, reading the Bible, obedience, meditation on Scripture. Fasting and service can blow up the devil's strongholds. That's what we must do. These fortresses don't need to be remodeled. God doesn't tell us to capture them, change the locks, and use them for him. Satan's fortresses must be torn down. That's why it says that's the destruction of it. We, can't, we cannot compromise. And it is not, back to that article, it's an 11-page article, back to, it's not just that you don't say anything, for silence is not acceptable. You must be verbally affirming. Of all the lifestyle that comes with that, that's the ideology of the strongholds, bringing the captivity, every thought, to the obedience of Christ. It's like you have the old flower sister. You put your flower in there, and, and you sift it through. All the good things that should be the pure things keep dropping down, and those thoughts, oh, they get one out. There's a big lump there. Oh, there's another lump there. That's the... That's, to the obedience of Christ. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's those verses that keep you and I out of trouble. Keeps our thinking right. What you dwell on and your thought processes. That's why these verses are so important for you and I that we, Pastor, you're, you're 62 years old. I, oh my goodness. I have to, it's still something you battle till you're dead, I think. Likely, it, it's, it's these things. So that's part of our, that's part of our spiritual warfare. So these mental strong, uh, they're against the knowledge of God, if you would. Paul was not just describing innocent thoughts, but mental strongholds, reasonings of the heart, prideful self-reliant, man-centered, human philosophy, speculation, etc. 
The bottom of page two, the war we wage is against, bottom of page one, against the proud, lofty, God-defying speculations of human heart that is raised in opposition to the true knowledge of God. It was, I was just reading once again about the uh, uh, Ingersoll who would give his lecture, and he would, uh, atheist Ingersoll in his lectures used to demand that God prove his existence by striking him dead in a stated five-minute period at the close of an Ingersoll lecture. When the five minutes were over, Ingersoll claimed that his still being alive proved God did not exist. But God did not have to prove his existence by Ingersoll's terms, for adequate proof already existed concerning God's existence. Ingersoll simply would not believe the proof already given. I would have to, not that I'm wishing him ill, he's already dead, but someday they went, the big, something had just like a lightning strike real nearby or something like that would have been funny to see it. Yeah. Yes. But I think he's passed away. I'm not sure. But I think he's older, passed away. But that, it's, the truth is there if they'll just see it. But Satan is so clever to get them thinking the wrong kind of thoughts, etc. So that's page one, page two. In truth, and mankind is surrounded by the knowledge of God. He has knowledge of God in the creation. He chooses to suppress that truth. Let's look at this verse, Romans chapter 118. 118, we find America right in Romans 1, I believe. If you want to find one chapter we can put our country in, it's Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men of men, righteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That word is to suppress, uh, they're holding it down, uh, putting all one's weight on something to restrict its movement. So the truth is, they don't want to get the truth out, so they're going to put all their effort and time. Have we not seen that in the world putting all their effort and time to suppress the truth and to, and to cancel anyone who wants to say anything against the truth or, or to, be, to, be, to honor and to hold true traditional Bible teaching that has been for the last several, several centuries. That's, that's, that's what people who hold that now, you and me, we're radicals. We're, we're the far right now. Just simply because we are doing what the church as a whole has held to, the majority of people have held to, for, for years and years and years, I think I have it here. This was a, a recent survey from the Guardian of London, liberal newspaper in London. Examples of the ascendancy or the rising of liberal... Let's take this survey every year for 40 years now in England. The rising of the liberal views includes this toward attitudes... And I'm going to use the word sex quite a bit here. Same-sex relationships. 50% of the respondents said that same-sex relationships are always wrong in 1983. In 2022 in England, only 9% said that's always wrong. And and then a woman's right to choose an abortion supported now by 76%. Now it was against 37% when the question was first asked. 40 years ago, 37% said yes. Now it's 76%. And, and, And except the only thing that's actually... Getting less support is transgenderism. The proportion of British public describing themselves as not prejudiced toward transgender people fell from 82% to 64% in only one year. So that's the only thing that is going, uh, not going the way of those who want to change our culture. By the way, we live in a different country than we lived in 40 years ago. We live in a far different country than we did for even probably 20 years ago. Now, while there's not an audible voice... Man is surrounded by God's creation. You simply look at, 
I was reading a Stephen Hawking's quote today. I forgot to write it down. But he said, there's nothing in his mind's eye that says that the, that the intelligent designer created the world. He says, science is a, a much better explanation, his idea, than a designer. For, to explain the complexities of the universe. And he was like, like a genius. Level. Now, he, was the, he was the one that died fairly recently was in a wheelchair. But he was considered a very he's atheistic, atheistic genius. He had mental capacity, but no actual wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the, fear, the reverential fear of the God. So while there's not this audible voice, we can look around. Men have knowledge of God revealed in their conscience. That word revealed back over in 118 of Romans is revealed. It is a, 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 it's apocalypto. It's that revealing, the present tense. It's constantly, continually being revealed. And aren't you loving the trees? You go down the industrial parkway or up the industrial parkway or over, whatever it is. They're turning that nice red. By next week, it's going to be, wow, it's going to be really, really pretty. So we have this all this showing of God's handiwork. Matter of fact, the, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Math of Psalm 19.1. That's what it is. They're continually... Shouting, if you would, God made us. Let's worship God. Now, they're not, they're not worshiping, but that's the idea. We are to worship the one who made it. Question two, page two. So what would you say is the typical response to mankind to the word of God in this day and age? Typically, what, what's, what would you say? How about, can you give me one word, verbs or adjectives or adverbs, describing mankind's typical response in America? Rejection. Death, suppressing, apathy. Oh, that's good for you, Pastor. Good for you, but you know, you know. I think my what I believe over here is just as good as what you have. Your faith is good. It's as long as you have faith and faith. It's not faith and faith. It's the object of your faith. I may believe that this box is going to hold me if I sit down on it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> He's going to do something really foolish tonight because I, I might have faith in it, but it's a misplaced faith now. I face in that bench, as you well know, different times. I can sit on it. It doesn't break down. But it's, it's the object of your faith. Well, so I do have a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of, uh, from Gallup poll regarding America 2022, Frank Newport in, uh, I think it was the uh, Washington, D.C. paper. A record low. Only 20% of Americans, 2022, now say the Bible is the literal word of God. Only 20% of us in America, 20%. It was 24% in 2017. He said also a new high now, 29% now say the Bible is a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by man. 29% of Americans say that. And only 20% believe the Bible is the literal word of God. 20%. Of course, a lot of those go to churches in America. Just because a person goes to the church does not mean they have the true biblical worldview about who God is. Pastors. There's a lot of pastors in mainline liberal churches who don't believe that Christ rose bodily from the dead, and which is a cornerstone of our faith. So how does man respond then to the light of creation and conscience? How does man respond? Well, they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Instead of submitting to truth, men erect mental fortresses. If I don't hear about it, or if I don't think about it, if I don't read about it, then it must not really be real. And they fill up with pride. It insulates them from the knowledge of God. Matter of fact, we fill up with so much pride that we're going to leave off Christianity and we're going to start worshiping the earth, Guyanism. 
The earth is a really viable, and we're gonna, when we die, we're going to be incorporated back into the earth. Wishing to be the center of their own self-sufficient universe, man has unregenerate state, unregenerate state does not want to turn from his sin and submit to the, uh, the Savior. It's, it's P-R-I-D-E. It's pride. That's what it is. Phillips Hughes describes the Christian warfare this way. Hence, it is that the Christian warfare is aimed at casting down of the reasoning, which are the strongholds whereby the unbelieving mind seeks to fortify itself against the truth of human depravity and divine grace, and the casting down also of every proud bulwark raised against the knowledge of God. This is this is the destruct. This is the one thing we're given. You, we have one weapon. I can't. This reminds me of that. Bible, release the secret weapon. <laughs> anyway, was, but we have but one weapon. It's the word of God. And this is what, it's, it's, it's word power. It's the spirit of God takes that word of God, and it's the only thing that can crush the rubble. It's like I have, if I have a problem, I have my hammer out, and I get a bigger hammer. If those don't work, I bring out the sledgehammer. Boom! It's the only thing that's going to break that toilet apart. Boom! There it goes. And that's what happened to that one toilet. Anyway, this is it. It breaks through, and it's not like you're supposed to clobber them over the head with it. By the way, there, that one pastor we talked about last week was calling the passages that speak against homosexuality, the clobber passages, that should never come out of a pastor's mouth. Clobber passages. Oh, they're the, it's the Word of God on a specific topic. It's the Word of God. Now, if it doesn't sit right with you, well, then that's your problem. God's Word is going to remain. I told the ladies just yesterday, I said, now, it's not that we're doing this arrogantly, but we need to share the truth of the Word of God with other people. The truth of the Word of God. A war is raging on page 2. For the truth, Satan, the great liar and murderer from the beginning, deceives men with his crafty lies, and he is the host of demon helpers who constantly promoting, teaching, advancing their lies. These lies are the proud imaginations or speculations of the human heart and mind. So how do we fight? We fight a spiritual war with spiritual weapons. What are we fighting? We're fighting the reasonings and the speculations erected in the hearts of man. That's why we have to come back to the Bible. On page question three, what does God use to destroy the error and advance the truth? What contains divine truth, able to pierce right to the heart, bring conviction, remove blindness, destroy human wisdom, confound the wise, and bring people to a knowledge of the truth? It is but the Word of God. That's, this is it. That's why we're supposed to hide in our hearts. When we teach it, when the pastor preaches, he needs to use the Word of God. That's what is that's the power. I was listening to the one lady before we pray. Uh, Stephanie, let me see the videos. The lady who came back out of Christian lady who escaped from North Korea. I may have told you this. I don't remember. I think I told you this maybe Sunday, but if you're caught reading the Bible, up to three and four generations of your family, one was hundreds of people in her family were killed, executed, because they were found, one was found reading the Bible. And Kim Jong-un, according to her, does not feel, fear so much the American freedom. The thing he fears most, the Bible and Christians. That's because this is what changes people's lives. They're so repressed that the lady, when she came to America, was asked to choose, what's your favorite color? And it threw her into such a mental two, three hours to get over just to be able to process being able to make a decision for herself. They tell them every single, when you're in North Korea, you are told every single thing. You keep, you have about a roll of toilet paper a year. 
you keep all your own human excrement to put on the crops. This is now. It's not last century. This is now. And you, a lot of people starve in the spring because there's no food. In the fall, you live a lot on grasshoppers. These are things that happen now because one man is so intent. If you happen to tear his picture, you can be executed, even accidentally. One man is so intent on being in charge. I don't know how he enjoys life. I'm thankful for America. Aren't you thankful for America? We are. But we need to pray for our country. And most of all, we need to pray that people hear the gospel. This is, this is the answer for 23, 24, 25. If God tarries, 26, whatever. This is the answer. Let's pray. Lord, it is a spiritual warfare. Battled individually, I believe, as we need to surrender our thoughts and minds to you and to your word. And also, then also, as we share with others, there's that spiritual warfare of, of pulling down and the imaginations, the, the thought processes, the, the strongholds that people have placed in their minds against the word of God. Lord, it is not our clever verbiage. It is your word that can only, your word, that's our one weapon, Lord. So may we be learning it, memorizing it, hiding it in our hearts, ruminating upon it, and then as every opportunity, sharing it with others so that we can be a part of what you're doing here in this world to save men and women, boys and girls. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.